So apparently Saturday was Netflix day. Yeah, I don't know if it was official or not, but I actually took notes because they dropped maybe a so dozen much. trailers and sneak peeks and first looks across no, there were the day. Dozens. Dozen. Well, only a dozen that, that we cared about. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I only listed like seven or eight that for me that really uh, spoke to me personally. I'm interested. I don't know which one spoke to you. Stranger Things. Yeah. Teased season four, which is going to come out 10 years from now. Like had this whole horror aspect, like haunted house <laughs> aspect to it. Yeah. The little teaser didn't have the cast at all. It was like a throwback to like a poltergeist. They came in at the end. I just love that they're doing that. I think it's so cool. I wonder if it'll just focus on that location. I don't know. Season two paid homage to like Ghostbusters and Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead or whatever. Some other like Halloween kind of stuff from the 80s. And then season three had the whole like kind of Terminator Russian aspect to it. Yes, it and it seems that they're going in like haunted house for this one or something. Yeah. Interesting. I'm down for that. It is going to be only five seasons, you said, right? They want to wrap it up. They think that it's going to last for five seasons. So I think this is the second to last season, yeah. Do you think by the time we have the fifth season, they'll be married and divorced and there will be like <laughs> shared custody and stuff like that of their own kids? And we'll see their, the next generation of Stranger Things. I'd be down. They also showed the first look at Cowboy Bebop, the intro. Yes. With the so new- good. Mirroring the sequences of the original anime opener. Yep, I so think good. they redid the music, right, with the original composer? Yeah, she uh, is very good. And the look of it looks pretty interesting. It looks like they're going in an intentionally kind of campy direction, and I am I think I'm down for that. From what I've seen, it looks pretty interesting. They've showed that they're actually going to retread some of the ground instead of expand the canon, like I thought they were going to. But they have my attention now. At first, I was just curious, and now they have my... Yeah, then we got uh, a Sandman trailer, which yeah. is super cool. Morpheus looks perfect. I have a lot of faith in Dream Neil Gaiman to produce something interesting on his own terms. I really hope it's good. We got a little tease for Ozark season four. True. Which is going to be great. <laughs> I loved that binge last year. Mm-hmm. Was was one of my favorite in recent memory. It looks epic. This is more of a you than me, but we got a Cobra Kai tease. Yeah, trailer Cobra Kai, season four looks fun. Yeah, it's just a fun show, man. It's just a fun show. <laughs> yeah, hit that nostalgia string. Yeah, we have The Witcher coming back strong with season two. That looked really good. They already greenlit a season three. Yeah, before season two even dropped, which means they're betting on this show like crazy. And uh, this one's more for me, but the League of Legends animated series Arcane looks incredible. Like some of the most interesting animation I've seen from a Western. I actually don't know who's developing it, what studio, but I know Riot Games is putting down big money and it certainly shows not just aesthetically, but it looks like it's actually going to tell a pretty interesting story. So I'm really excited for that. There was some other stuff, including a few days before that it was announced Netflix had purchased the entire rolled doll catalog. Yeah. We already have, I think, a Willy Wonka picture in production with Timothy Chalamet, but with Netflix owning his entire catalog, we might get to see a glass elevator production, which would be cool. That's the sequel to Willy Wonka, and we get some cosmic adventuring there, which is always... Cosmic candy. Interesting to me. That's where they you first see the vermicious canids, which is like cosmic horrors for children. Uh, anyway, so that was Netflix last I want to talk week. about that more sometime. Yeah, I, I haven't actually read The Glass Elevator, but from what I've seen, I googled vermicious canids, and it's pretty scary. Anyway, <laughs> today... We're here to talk about another Star Wars Disney Plus drop called Visions. Uh And what Visions is, Disney essentially going to, I think, six different 
Japanese anime style or anime production houses, which are, again, anime is like Japanese cartoons. So slightly different look kind of feel. But they basically said to them, hey, we want you to create some shorts, short films, short cartoons, short animes for Disney Plus using the world and a sandbox of Star Wars. And the thing that's most interesting about it is the fact that they gave them sort of kind of like a carte blanche where they basically said it's not going to be canon with other Star Wars that Disney's producing. So they could essentially do unique and interesting things and it doesn't really need to matter because it doesn't need to fit anywhere in the Star Wars canon. And that to me is so fascinating and it has produced some amazing short anime films that even if it was an anime, it'd be some of the most amazing like Star Wars I've seen in a while. But yeah, yeah, it's freaking awesome. I wonder if they gave them any headers at all because we mentioned we were talking earlier that a lot of the episodes had some pretty significant common plot points and ideas. For instance, the focus on kyber crystals and lightsabers. lightsabers. And I think I heard the line. I have a bad feeling about this at least once per episode. <laughs> there yeah. were a lot of through lines. Yeah, the the lightsaber thing was like. Okay, another lightsaber. <laughs> like in, in the Lola Bunny episode, when he like busts out a lightsaber, he's like, this is a family heirloom. I'm like, Generations. what's in the box? Is it a lightsaber? You know it's a lightsaber. Another lightsaber, okay. And also... Uh, Spoilers, by the way. Using the Force, ever since um, Force Awakens, uh, there's been a focus on using the Force to stop either blaster mm-hmm. shots or uh, like other lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And we saw that several times too. Yeah. The thing that appeals most to me is whenever I'm creating something, especially for a client, I feel like I put a lot of barriers on myself and a lot of rules or laws, and I have to like stick within those parameters. But this is like, it has me thinking in a different way that like, you know, it's not fitting a square peg into a round hole. It's like basically making the round hole a square hole. <laughs> or like figuring out a way to make the round hole bigger or like it's thinking outside of the box in a new creative way to expand upon the things we already have come to know. Yeah. And that has me really excited, not just for the Star Wars universe, but just as a creative, as someone who likes to create things in art. And so I just have really enjoyed every episode. Some of them are definitely better than others but i enjoyed it for its creativity yeah we had four or five studios worked on this series perhaps the most well-known studio that worked on this anthology would be studio trigger who developed kill the kill very popular anime series and they made two episodes for visions they did the twins and the elder the twins being perhaps the most anime thing that has ever happened to star wars a very epic and ostentatious presentation. That's kind of interesting because it seems like a slightly different art styles. Yeah, they did. Both those episodes felt very different in style and tone. Well, it's cool that they can do both. Yeah, shows their range. There's Kamikaze Duga. They made The Duel. Gino Studio did Lop and Ocho. Studio Colorido, not Colorado, Colorido. Mm-hmm. Tatooine Rhapsody, which was the rock band episode. Kinema Citrus. Did the Village Bride, Science Saru, did two Akakiri and Tob One. Those had very different art styles as well. Yeah, and then Production IG did the Ninth Jedi, which was probably our favorite uh, unanimously. Yes, easy. <laughs> yeah, Ninth <laughs> Jedi was the fifth episode of the nine, and I think it was the longest. It told the most story 
or it told the best story in the amount of time it had. It was exemplary. And not just for this series, but we were talking about how this should be its own show. Like it was the pilot episode for 100%. an incredible story. <laughs> they could have been the sequel trilogy. <laughs> I could have easily watched three 20 episode seasons based around this concept. And maybe we'll get it. And it felt like a pilot. It felt like this, was it Production IG? That's the name, right? Yeah. It felt like Production IG was like, okay, Disney, we're going to actually not just create a short film. We're going to create the best Star Wars pilot episode, <laughs> animated pilot episode you've ever seen in hopes that you will come back to us and green light three seasons worth of this television show. Because it's, it's that good. It's incredible. They saw what the guys did with The Mandalorian and they said, hold my lightsaber. And then they, they're like, <laughs> hold my saber. Look what we can do with anime. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. But there were some other incredible episodes here. Totally. Shout out to The Duel, which was the very first one. The animation style is so awesome. Very sketchbook. It's very much like they had some sort of 3D animation mixed with like a black and white sketch style for that episode. And it was so cool. It was the first episode of this allotment of nine episodes. And then the lightsabers were almost the only thing colored and it, they really popped. Yeah, anything that had light or yeah. like artificial light. That's a good way to, yeah. Like the droids lights or uh, lanterns hanging in the background or something they all had some sort of yellow blue green or red light coming through amidst the black and the white world that they were in super I, cool it was very cool i think i read the ronin from that episode has his own book coming i wouldn't be surprised if we see other media spawned off of visions because disney's really expanding their catalog for other forms of media they have the the High Republic books coming out, which I haven't even been paying attention to, but they looked cool when we were taking a peek at them. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got at least other books and stuff like that spawned from this. That would be awesome. I would love, genuinely love a series based off of The Ninth Jedi. Yeah. I know I, I already said that, but... <laughs> I said we got to get Tom Holland to make a call. Yeah, we got to call one of the Bobs. It's Bob Chapek now. But yeah, this was a... Chapek? A beautiful little Star Wars. It made me think of Love, Death, and Robots. Where there was like, mm -hmm. only instead of a genre, it was like, Star tell any story you want in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it is essentially that. It's it's essentially Love, Death, and Robots, but with Star Wars. Really That's cool. a good call. My other favorite ones were The Village Bride was awesome. I loved the art style and the idea there. Um, I really liked The Elder. I liked the art style, and I loved that the voice acting in it was cool. And then what I've been calling the Lola Bunny episode, because essentially Lola Bunny from Space Jam 1 as a Jedi, sort of, in this episode. That's the Lop and Ocho. Yeah. I really liked that episode for the story that I had to tell with the two sisters and the one kind of being extremely dogmatic against her father and then this one kind of adhering to the family that she's come to know. And Twins was interesting, but, you know, broke a lot of the rules not necessarily in a bad way but it was definitely i think very very anime the one that i didn't like so much was episode two the indie rock band was playing little, for job of the hut <laughs> it was a little much and then the toby episode yeah. which was the concept is interesting is that this droid has a dream of being a jedi and so that was really cool i thought like oh wow it would be interesting if like they had an interesting droid that became a jedi maybe they could you know because they are sentient in a way maybe they could use the force to some capacity i've never really thought about that but i loved the idea i enjoyed the last one a little bit Ekikiri, because of it was essentially a bad end yeah <laughs> it was the only one and especially in Star Wars, in the Disney era, we never get the villain winning. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially Akikiri, 
the Jedi is tempted to the dark side following in Anakin's footsteps. Yeah, it's the same old pitch from episodes five and six where Vader is like, join me and we'll bring peace to the galaxy. And in this episode, he does. He decides to. and Well, it's to save his love, which yeah. is like, it was exactly the Anakin Padme story, yeah. but in... Uh... But they actually saved her. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, it kind of felt like, you know what, in, just because of maybe recency bias, but it reminded me of the Doctor Strange yeah. episode yeah. of... Uh, of what if. Because he got what he wanted yeah. and now he's... A bad guy. Now he's screwed. I also really wanted to say that uh, throughout these nine episodes, some of the ideas that they've introduced are really cool and would be cool to see some of these things actually make it into the canon. I know that the idea of the lightsabers changing color has already been canon with Ahsoka's lightsabers, but that was really cool. I'd love to see them do more of that. I loved in the Elder episode when the Sith kind of Elder creature got killed, he kind of turned to dust or like ash. Mm-hmm. To kind of parallel when a Jedi dies, they, their body sort of disappears. This was different, like turned to ash or something instead. He was super old. I love, he, he disintegrated immediately. I loved um, some of these ideas of, and they kind of did this in episode nine, the beloved episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. But the idea of like actually bringing people back from the dead using the Sith power was interesting in Akira, like you were just saying. And there's a couple other moments where I was watching and be like, wow, that's definitely not Star Wars canon, but it's super interesting and I would love to see some sort of aspect of that brought to life. Anyway, I just thought that, again, because of the creativity behind these episodes, that they were able to do things that I had never seen and some of them I actually really liked, mm-hmm. some of those ideas. Yeah, they were all very thematically strong too. Even the weaker episodes were very inspiring and I think fun for the whole family. <laughs> like the message of the Elder of accepting your limitations and your mortality and living, getting the most you can out of your own life. And they show that contrasting the Sith who had basically sustained himself with the dark side and for generations perhaps, Hmm. and trying, he was clutching to his life and then losing against the uh, elder Jedi played by David Harbour, who was basically in his Zen, very Qui-Gon, he was basically at peace with his state of being. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to articulate, but it just made me miss Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Liam Neeson say, actually, recently, I read an article that Liam Neeson said that he's still very proud of his work in episode one. Yeah. That's why he's returned a few times to like do voiceover work for the Clone Wars series and stuff. And he is, along with you, in like, the most beloved part of the prequel yeah. series. They yeah. were great. Speaking of David Harbour and the voiceover work... Yeah, we had an incredible cast of English-speaking voice actors for the dub, which is how we both watched this one. Normally, you don't watch it that way, though. Yeah, usually I'll watch anime with the sub, just because it's typically better. I'm not like an elitist when it comes to anime. It is. is Watch it however you can. Very much an elitist way, though, (laughs) thinking. For some people, it is. For animes, yeah. I just think it's the more... Usually, I want to experience art in the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And that typically means it's native language. Yeah. But since this is Star Wars, it's basically like... It was meant for an American audience, you know? Yeah, and it just had an impressive cast, too. Yeah. Like, for instance, the twins, episode three, Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris killed it in their epic duel as those twins. We had Simu Liu in The Ninth Jedi as the father of the protagonist girl. Yeah, who gets Instantly kidnapped. recognizable. Yeah, just a lot of talent 
in this show. I mentioned David Harbour, even though his performance was not one of my more favorite. <laughs> he had a very understated. I really kind of, like his voice. Yeah, is I love his voice. It was just an interesting style. But yeah, there was a lot. Was Tamora Morrison back as Boba Fett? For, yeah, for his two lines in the Rock Band episode. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh, was yeah. also that Rock Band episode. He was the main character there. Did not recognize him at first at all. Akakiri, the last one, Henry Golding was the Jedi, and he was Snake Eyes. Oh, yeah. Oops. Along with Jamie Chung. She's great. Lucy Liu played the villainess in uh, the first episode, The Duel. Oh. She, she, was, she was menacing. She was very menacing. Yeah, that had a really cool concept. A lot of these episodes because they're Japanese inspired, they have a lot of Japanese settings or Japanese aesthetic, even when it comes to like uh, the heritage of the samurai, like a lot of the Jedi, sometimes when they pull out a lightsaber, it wasn't the classic lightsaber that's like just a stick up and down. It had sort of a curve, more like a, a katana or something that had more of like a samurai sword aspect to it that, you know, they would have to also sheath and unsheath their lightsabers mm-hmm. in a way. And I thought that that was really cool because it was very, again, Japanese inspired. Yeah, all the episodes that took place on the ground on a planet looked like it could have been in Japan. Yeah. From the architecture to the landscapes. Yes. It was very cool. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, but it didn't like feel like it was distinctly anime-esque for most of the episodes. But with the exception of like two or three episodes, maybe even just like one or two, this is not something that is like distinctly anime, but it is very much, uh, it captures the essence of what it is to be a Japanese animation, I think, without feeling like you have a lot of the tropes, you know, mm-hmm. or the pitfalls, if you will, <laughs> of anime as an art form. True. So I would recommend everybody. You know what I first thought when they're selling crystals and sabers so hard is that we're just, this is all just a merchandising play. <laughs> we're just like... Every time a kid goes to Disneyland now after watching Visions, it's going to be like, Mommy, <laughs> give me a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Kyber, Kyber, Mommy. <laughs> it's true. Soon, Disney is going to be selling like in the actual lightsaber that you turn it on and it shoots out and glows just like a lightsaber and then it retracts. They've like figured out a way to actually make it. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's safe? Uh, yeah. For kids? They've shown it. Like you, You've seen it, right? I've seen some versions. Of it expands and uh, like retracts. I know a little bit about that. Like a. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like a tape measure. Oh. So it like rolls and then expands in. So I'm definitely going to buy one of those. When yeah. It comes Are out. these going to be very expensive pieces of hardware? <laughs> I don't know. Because but... like when we've had lightsabers before, like those, the glass ones, you know? Yeah. Those things are expensive. Those are the effect sabers. You have to like screw in like a like a some sort of plasticky glass thing on to the hilt. Yeah. This is just the hilt. You press a button and it turns on and shoots out That's and nuts. glows and has the the sound and everything and then it retracts. That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's like a real lightsaber. Yeah. But talk about merchandise. That's coming. That's coming. Right. Well, what's next for Disney Star Wars? I think it's Book, Book of, Boba. of Boba Fett. Yeah, is it December? Yeah, Mandalorian season three has been delayed because no. of that. But no, because of Boba. Because of Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, I do know that Obi Wan just finished filming. Oh yes, just finished filming. Counting the days till we. Oh, see and Andor just finished filming too. Oh yeah. Andor is supposed to be twelve episodes apparently, but Gabe and I have a hunch they're going to split it into two six-episode seasons. Everybody's doing that now. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, we'll catch you next time. Here's Hey Steven. May the force be with you. <laughs> I don't even know. May, and may also the, with you. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna play something from Visions here. Maybe the opening little thing that goes, ah. The fanfare? Yeah. <laughs>